Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. On enough, and if you weren't here, I know the podcast and the YouTube video of that will be up by uh, at least Wednesday at the latest this week, so you can get a hold of that and, and just be a part of uh, that. But, you know, when I was about 12 years old, my father... Uh, took me out the back to where the, the big pile of firewood was. And he said, son, I, I need your help. And dad went and got out of the garage the two-handed cross-cut saw. Now, just for those of you who have no idea what that even is, uh, back in that day, we chopped up firewood so that we could fuel the stove. We had a wood stove, wasn't gas. Ooh. Uh, and uh, our hot water system was wood-fired. wasn't a problem where I was a kid growing up out in the country. All you did was go out on a Saturday afternoon, go out by the side of the road, plenty of timber, everyone did it. You just get out, grab a bunch, chuck it in the back of the car, go home, and then you'd saw it up. But just for those of you who've got no idea what a two-handed cross-cut saw looks like, here's a video of it. Have a bit of a check. See if you can uh, identify I am it. Matt, and this is my partner, Craig, and... We're members of the Purdue Forestry Club, and we're going to demonstrate the two-man buck saw for you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want you to imagine I'm 12 years old, um, I was the shortest kid in my class. I probably weighed, I don't know, about 45 kilos, dripping wet. Wasn't much of me. But my dad had to teach me. You heard him say at the start of the video, if you're listening carefully, are you ready? And they've worked out because if both decide to push or both decide to pull at the same time, nothing gets cut. And I think about that and I've remembered that lesson all these years because I've discovered in God, so many people have no idea how to cooperate with God. Their entire thinking when it comes to prayer or faith is this, God, I need you to do this. And that's the entire thing. They think it's a matter of, well, if I just tell God what I want and, if, and then He's good and He's nice, then He'll just do it. I had to learn, I remember a couple of times, I didn't learn the rhythm and so I would be pushing when I should have been pulling, and the saw would literally jump out of the cup. And Dad would very patiently say, son, watch. This is how you go. And after a while, I learned to do this. I'd rock with my, my body like this and get into the rhythm. At first, I was all trying so hard. I'm trying to go at a million miles an hour like this. Dad said, calm down. It's, it's not a race. I think he said that to me all my life. I said, it is. It's called the human race. But anyway, uh, and so I started to learn how. And you know what I discovered was once I learned how, and learning was not just being able to be told, it was seeing the lesson become a part of my thinking so I could do it. Once I learned how, do you know, I could go today, years and years later, and if we had a two-handed cross-cut saw here, I could get up here and get somebody else that knew how to do it. And we would just start like we've never forgotten because we've learned something about how. Remember the first time you ever picked up a smartphone? Do you remember that? Where you had to swipe 
and you swiped and nothing happened. And you, you know, you had to learn how to use this thing because unless somebody showed you how and you, now my, my literally my two uh, year old and three month, I think he is, grandson, give him my phone. He's swiping it. He's flicking through the photos. He's doing everything. And uh, he deleted a couple of things for me that obviously I never wanted because he hasn't kind of got that quite worked out yet. And so many people don't know how to work with God. The only thing they know is ask. Give me your attention for the next 15 or 20 minutes and I'm going to teach you some things about how out of the Bible, not out of just what I think, because I think it's so important that you go out of here and say, I know how to work with God in this week. Because quite frankly, you aren't going to be in a service with an awesome worship band that is singing amazing three-part harmonies and it's all beautiful and the Holy Spirit. Tomorrow you might be at the basketball. Tuesday you're going to be at your job. You're going to be at uni. Some of you tomorrow won't be a day off. You'll be working away at something or other else and there won't be the hallelujah chorus behind you and there won't be a whole lot of friendly people offering you soup after the service. You're going to have to know how to work with God wherever you are in different environments. Is that all right? So here we go. Genesis chapter 12, just three verses. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country. Now remember, this is the first time God's spoken to him. And so he doesn't know how to work with God. He's learning something. So this is incredibly significant to him. He's listening to every word. That's why you've got it written down because he remembered it. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family, from your father's house to a land that I will show you and I'm going to make you a great nation. And don't you know that right there, Abram went, woo! And then the Lord went on and said, and I'm going to bless you. And he went, yeah, woo! And then the Lord went on and said, I'm going to make your name great. And he goes, great, I'm going to win the voice. It's going to be amazing. Every chair is going to turn around. They're going to vote for me. I'm going to win it. I'm going to be famous. But Lord, it's all for your glory. And the Lord said all of this stuff to this guy. And I know that a lot of people, once they hear about the blessing, they just tune out because they've heard everything they wanted to hear. But God does not stop. Listen to me. God does not stop with your blessing. Now He wants you blessed. God wants you healed. He wants you saved. He wants you delivered. He wants you walking with Him. He wants you to, to have influence. He wants you to be blessed. And all that stuff is true, but it never stops. Listen to me. It never stops. There's a reason for it. And He says to Abram, I'm going to do all this. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. A great nation is going to come out of you. Then he goes on because it doesn't stop there. And he says, and you will be a blessing. I'm going to bless you and you will be a blessing. I'm going to bless you and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, curse him who curses you. In you, he says to this little guy who's been living in the outback of Mesopotamia, he says to him, in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. What an amazing promise to this guy. But here in this passage lies a key to how God operates because His blessing is never meant to be static. The blessing of God is, listen to me, it's always on flow. It's not on fixed. It's always on flow, something moving, something that's got direction to it and action to it. 
It's never just on, here it comes. I'm going to get it. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to store it up. It's all for me. Blessing comes to me in order that it can go through me to somebody else. Let me give you a couple of examples of how this works. Spiritual gifts, for example. I grew up in a time in the church when it was kind of like, what spiritual gift have you got? Like Boy Scouts collecting Boy Scout badges. That's what it seemed like to me. Sometimes, you know, people were going around and I've got this gift and I've got that gift and oh, I'm called to be this. And people would say to me, which one of the fivefold are you called to be? And quite frankly, even back then, I was something instinctively inside of me. I knew it wasn't about having a title or having some kind of a label to put on yourself. I used to say, well, I don't know and I don't care. And then they'd be terribly shocked and think I'd blaspheme. I say, I don't mean to put down what God's saying. I just don't really think a title ever made anyone. How many people know you can call me a jockey, but it won't make me a good jockey? Amen. You, you can call me, you can call me a brain surgeon, but you don't want me operating, brother. Amen. You can give me a white coat. I've walked into the, ho- into the hotel. I've walked into the hospital many times, dressed well, like with a, you know, a nice shirt and a jacket on. And I've literally had nurses come up and say things to me like, what do you think, doctor? And pull out the chart and hand it to me. Look, oh, I'm not a doctor, I'm a pastor. Because see, they saw what I looked like and thought that that meant I could function in it. And so many Christians think if I just get a label or a title, I'm going to be that. I know lots of people called pastors that don't pastor anybody. Amen. I know a lot of people that have got titles, doesn't make them good at it, doesn't mean that they're going to be great at it. In spiritual gifts, this is what it says, Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 14, it'll be up on the screen. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised. Now it's not talking about your ears and your eyes and your, and your taste buds and touch and whatever the other one is that I've forgotten, smell. Uh, It's not talking about those five senses. It's obviously speaking about their spiritual senses, exercise, because it says to discern both good and evil. It says these people get more because of what they've done with what they've got. If you want God to use you, then start with what you've got, not with what you think you'd like to become. I know a lot of people that really want to be on a platform, but they don't encourage anybody when they're not on a platform. I say to our worship team here occasionally, they don't need me to say it because they're better than that. But I often say, you know, it's not how you worship when you're up here. It's how you worship when you're down there. Why? Because it's what I do on the days when I'm not prominent that determine, is there flow in mind? Am I exercising spiritual senses? You know, some people want to, some people all of a sudden become great missionaries the moment they get their passport. Huh? They get their passport, they go to a foreign country and all of a sudden they're laying hands on all these people and they're, they're declaring and they're believing and they're preaching the gospel, but get them home and you can't get any, they're standing in church with their arms folded. They, they won't do anything. And I go, you, you know, you, that's, you haven't got any flow until you leave. Amen. Now don't all get too quiet. Am I taxing your brain yet? Uh, some of you are looking at me a bit like, this is a bit hard. No, it's not really. Uh, think about it a minute. These people have created 
flow in their life because they've started with what they have. They start with what they have. Do you know the first people I ever preached the gospel to was kids' church. Don't ask me why they asked me, but I can still tell you where I was. We had uh, kids' church. We'd run out of room, so they had it under the building. And the, literally the bottom of the building was that high off the ground. And so I crawled under the hill like this. And I sat in a tiny little plastic chair and I spoke to eight kids. I don't remember what I said to them. But wouldn't it be terrible? I said, but you don't know who I am. Haven't you read my business card? Jeff Woodward, man of God. Hallelujah. Oh no, God's called me to speak to thousands. No, actually I started with eight little kids down there. That's why when people say to me, I'm called to preach, I say, go to kids' church. Because quite frankly, if you can hold their attention, you'll have no trouble with adults. <laughs> huh? You know what I mean? You know, you say, well, I feel God's given me the ministry of counselling. Well, who did you encourage this week? Well, uh, yeah, but uh, the church doesn't recognise my ministry. Well, come on, get some flow happening in your life. In Jesus' name. I know lots of you are. I'm not saying you're not. Of course you are. But get some flow. When it comes to relationships, let's pick another one because the principle is a principle across every area. Proverbs 18 verse 24 says, He that would or she that would have friends must show themselves friendly. You ever seen someone, you've gone somewhere or other, and there they are sitting on the back corner. You know what I mean? Scowl on their face. And then they say to you, you know, I came to your church and, and no one talked to me. And I always look right back at them and say, well, obviously you didn't talk to anyone either because they don't understand the principle of flow. Amen. Yeah, but you don't understand I'm shy. Well, so aren't we all? I think we all are in some environment. And so have you got some flow when it comes to relationships? You know, I counsel husbands and wives and they're all waiting for the other one to start it. And I don't mean the fight. Come on, some of you here are married. How many people know the hardest thing in the world is to be the first one to say sorry? Just give me a little witness. Come on. Four people in the whole building. Amen. Nobody in the front row because they're all so godly, they got it nailed. Every single one. Amen. Yeah. Lord, help everyone here that's deceived. Right. Huh? You know what it's true. You know what I'm saying? Why? But what happens when you say sorry out of a humble heart, not out of a, yeah, look, I'm sorry, but it's your fault. That's not saying sorry. Just, just heads up right there. That's not saying sorry, really. That's not being sorry. That's going, I'm still trying to get you. Amen. And don't laugh too hard because your wife's sitting right beside you. And every time you're laughing, she's there nodding going, yep, that's him. Yeah. Either would have friends. You've got to start some flow. Are you lonely tonight? Start some flow. Now, that doesn't mean you go stalking the best-looking person around. I just need to say that for some people because they go, I'm starting flow. Hello, how are you? I'm what's your name and what's your phone number? That's probably not the kind of flow that we're looking for in the church. Amen. And all the young people are going, yep, felt that, been that. I felt like I had a big target painted on me, you know. It's true though, isn't it? Come on, you know what I'm saying. It's true. Woo! I saw her first. 
He that would have friends must show himself friendly. That's flow. What about finance? Because it's a principle that works all across all of them. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Lots of you here will know it. There it is up on the screen coming up for you now. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse and prove me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. You know, and he talks about, he says, I'm going to pour out blessing on you. Watch this at the end of it. If you scroll down to the end of it, thank you, says the Lord of hosts. And it says there that there will not be room enough. Now, most people misread this verse. And they think what it's saying is God's going to give you so much, you're going to be running around trying to scoop it up. That's not what it says. God says, you bring, that's you bring, you bring. God didn't say, I'm pouring it out. He says, you bring. You start something. He says, then I'm going to, as you've started flow, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you enough, so much in fact, that there will be overflow. And when there is overflow, it's not meant so that it gets wasted. It's so that when there's overflow, you're able to be a, a part of the answer for someone else. Do you know the children of Israel were told when they went into the promised land that they were not allowed to harvest all the crop? That God commanded, it was a command of God like don't commit adultery, don't worship false idols. The command of God was this, when you harvest the crop, you've got to leave the edges for other people, for the poor and for the foreigner. He said, because it's not all meant to be for you. I'm going to bless you. I could go and tell, talk to you about the, thing in, uh, in uh, Numbers where it talks about the, sorry, Leviticus, rather, about the law of the seven years of harvest and that they were meant to let the ground go fallow or not be worked in the seventh year. God says, don't worry about it because I'm going to give you enough for the next three years in one. If you bring the tithe, the first tenth, God says, I'm going to pour out blessing on you and there won't even be enough room. Why? Because when I bring flow, there's enough for more than just you. Here's the second thing to know. First one is that God's blessings on flow, not fixed. Second one is I choose whether it's flow or fixed. I choose that. Matthew 25 verse 29, it says to him or to her that has, more will be given. Think about this. And they'll have abundance, but from him who does not have even what he has, will be taken away. That sounds crazy. But what Jesus was saying there is this. If you use what you've got, that is start flow, he says flow will always produce more. But if you make it fixed and you don't use it, he says I'll take away even the bit you've got. Never let frustration determine whether it's flow in your life or fixed. Never allow the stuff that's around about you, the issues or the obstacles determine whether you've got flow happening in your life. If you're in a difficult spot tonight, this has got to be a great word from God just for you. You're in a tight place. Nothing's happening. My, my suggestion to you, my strong suggestion to you is find a way to start flow. Find a way to start beginning flow in your life. When they turned the water into wine, Jesus said, go fill the pots with water. Then take it out and go and serve it. He said, you've got to start something. I'll take care of the miracle if you'll take care of the natural. So we like to think of the supernatural as being a separate compartment over there that God takes care of. When in reality, listen, God usually lays the supernatural 
over our natural. The Bible says they shall lay hands. How many people have got hands? Everybody's got them. Hello, it was a trick question. Y'all got them. It says you'll lay hands on the sick. That's so natural. He doesn't say, don't do anything, just ask me. He doesn't say this. He says, you go and do something. Start flow, go and lay hands on the sick. He says, and the sick will recover. Now, what's the bit you can do? Oh, you can lay hands. What's the bit you can't do? Make them recover. Huh? God says, you do the natural, I'll overlay the spiritual. Same principle. It's right throughout the whole of Scripture. You do something, I will come on top of that. David went and picked up five smooth stones, went down to the giant. He was going entirely naturally. He, he was going down with what he was good at, what he knew how to do. He went down with that and God guided the stone and did the supernatural with such force that it embedded into a giant who had really thick bone plates up here because most likely because of the giantism from which he suffered and the thickening of the bones and that it still went with great power. Why? He did something naturally and then God overlaid. I choose whether my life is a life of flow or whether it's a fixed life. Whether, you know, this is as good as it gets. Come on, we're all here, got different intellects, different gifts, different talents, different personalities, and all the rest of that stuff. But don't allow your difference or your lack to start telling you you can't have flow. Here's the last one here, and I'm finished. Here's the last one. Team may want to come. Is this, he promises flow, not flood. So important. Here in Australia, we know all about flood. And floods are often destructive. People have perished in them. And a flood is not, it's not that the content of it's bad, it's that it comes all at once and it's too much. The water's good. I come from a part of Australia where they have floods and the floods destroy and carry away the topsoil, rendering a lot of the farmland unusable for a long period of time. And so all the floods that come, and sometimes people have even perished in them and they've driven through creeks they shouldn't have and all this kind of stuff. And, but the water's not bad. The farmer needs the water. The problem is it's too much all at once. And listen, the, God doesn't promise you a flood. A flood in the Bible, he says, when you go through the flood, I'll be with you. Why? Because the flood's not a good thing for you. He says, I'm going to help you. I'm going to walk with you. Floods are often destructive. Don't worry if what you have you can only begin small. You might be new to Perth, new to this whole place. You go, I don't know anybody. I'm lonely. I don't have any good relationships. It's highly unlikely you're going to walk out here tonight with 55 best friends. But you might walk out of here having introduced yourself to one. You go, oh, Jeff, that wouldn't mean anything. That wouldn't mean nothing. You don't know how deep my loneliness is. But I'd go, but if you've got flow happening, Maybe you're here tonight and you go, Jeff, I feel like God's called me in the area of whatever it might be. But Jeff, no one's asked me to do it. I would say to you, unlikely that you're going to be catapulted onto T.D. Jake's uh, preaching roster next week. Just saying. Huh? It's highly unlikely that Pastor Yongi Cho from the world's largest church of a million people is going to find out who you are and say, now he could. But it's highly unlikely you're going to step up there. Maybe you're going to just get invited to go to kids' church. And speak to eight kids. Huh? Well, I'm not going to do that. 
Maybe God wants to give you flow. Now, please come, team. If you're hiding out the back there somewhere or other, having a prayer meeting, come be with us. Oh, here they all are, look. Let me finish by saying this. The beginning of flow almost always looks insignificant. Come on, stay with me. Lean in a minute. Because there's some of you here and you've had a dream on your heart and you've had things you think God wants you to do. But you look at it and go, but that wouldn't do anything. That wouldn't achieve anything. It looks so small. It looks so insignificant. It seems so inadequate. David, everybody agreed, was inadequate for the task. The disciples, Jesus got ridiculed not just because of the things He said, but because of His team. As everyone looked at Him and go, they're all hopeless. They don't know the Scriptures. We've been trained. They don't know anything. And you know, they kept on breaking all the rules. They'd walk through the fields and pluck the heads of grain. And Jesus would get criticised. Look what your team is doing. Can't you, can't you keep them in order? They're useless. But God took those same people and and began flow with them for three and a half years. Then there came the day of Pentecost and all the fires got lit around the world and you and I are the recipients of some people that understood the principle of flow in their life. That is, you've got to start something. You've got to start something. I don't know what your thing is. It's not my job to tell you tonight. Go away and say, God, what can I begin here? Do you have a heart for mission? Start praying for a country. Pick Cambodia would be good. Pick India would be good. Pick Malaysia would be good. We've got uh, work into there. Pick some other place. But start something. Yeah, but I, I haven't even got a passport. Don't worry about that. Start flow somewhere else. Jeff, I, I feel like God's called me to serve Him in this. There'd be lots of room in a church this big for you to find somewhere where you can serve Him. only be a rock it might look like much I wonder because I'm just that stranger thinker I wonder which one of the five he picked out and just reach into his pocket find one go that'll do when he pulled it out I know that they're inanimate objects and they are not people but I wonder what the other rocks thought I wonder what the other rocks thought ah heck I've missed never going to be able to do anything now. Oh, you know, if only I'd been that one. There's so much spiritual jealousy goes on in the church. People envying someone else's gift and talent rather than saying, I'm going to flow with what I've got. The truth is, there's already one of me. We don't need another one. But we really do need one of you. Amen. We really do need one of you. And if we will just say, God, I'm available. That'd be a beautiful thing. Let's stand together. Thank you, team. Let's sing together this song again. Just sing the chorus with me. Oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, burn like a fire. Oh, consume me. Consume me here in your presence. Lord, I surrender.
our eyes are closed here in this place tonight. Maybe you're here and you say, Jeff, I have not surrendered my life to Jesus. Maybe you're not even sure how much you believe in Him. Maybe you got raised in a church or maybe you've never been or maybe it's a long time since you did. Maybe you could even point back to a time you go, you know, I used to walk with God. Stuff happened, I lost my way. I don't know where I'm at now. Would you like to start spiritual flow in your life tonight? Think about this. Jesus said this in Revelation 3.20. I stand at the door and I knock. Anyone who hears my voice and opens the door, Jesus said, I'll come into them. See, you start flow when you open the door to Christ. You start flow. I don't know you all here tonight. I don't know where you're at with God. So I'm going to take just 30 seconds, just while people are praying. And if you say to me, Pastor, would you pray with me? I'm not going to embarrass you right where you stand. I'll pray with you. You say, Pastor, I, I want to start spiritual flow of my life. I want to start walking with Jesus. I want to know Him for myself. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up, put it up now, and then put it back down again so I can see it. Thank you. Thank you up the back. God bless you. Who else? Just wherever you are. That's me, Jeff. That's me tonight, Jeff. I'm starting spiritual flow in my life tonight. I'm going to begin walking with Jesus. Great things happen out of this every single time. I've never ever in my life seen anybody that began walking with Jesus genuinely and sincerely. Whoever came back to me and said, I, I wish I hadn't done it. Know that. Every time they go, thank God. Thank God. Is there anybody else before I pray? Say, that's me, Pastor. Would you pray with me in Jesus' name? Thank you. For all those people who lifted your hands, we're going to pray a prayer. It's a simple prayer. It's a prayer where you say to Jesus, come into my life and start something. He'll do that for you without any doubt. say this to Jesus. Make this your prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. You started it, but I'm continuing it. I'm receiving you right now. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to walk with you. You are the Lord of my life, my Saviour. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You don't need to pray this, but Lord, I'm praying for those people. Thank you for their decision tonight to start something that will have eternal consequences for them and for the people that they love. People that know them are going to ask them, what's happened to you? And they're going to say, I, I asked Jesus to come into my life. And Lord, some of those people are going to come. Some of them are going to say yes to you so it'll continue on. Flow will have happened because of one moment of honouring you. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give those people a great big hand. Thank you, Lord. There's a couple of things I'd love you to do. One is, please, follow me. Again, quickly come up here. This is Fal Molapola. His real name is Fal Fal. He's a great man. God, he preaches regularly here, and if ever you hear him preach, you get blessed, that's for sure. And uh, But Fowl also helps so much with people that are beginning to walk with God. There are people standing here tonight that really probably wouldn't be here except your wisdom and your grace, just your love for people. Well, you know what I like, I think, most about you is that there's so much mercy. You know what I mean? You're not judgmental, you don't go around going, you shouldn't, you're shooting your order. 
just love people. You really are good at that. You really are. When's your next uh, Wednesday night? This Wednesday, the one after? No, not this Wednesday, the following Wednesday. Uh huh. Of course, because it's the state of origin. Uh, you can go and see Fowl, and really, he'd love to help you and, and talk to you about him, what it's like to grow with God. Or you can do both these things, by the way. 048826392 is our yes text. Tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. or well, the day after you do it, you will get uh, a Bible verse from us along with a prayer that you can pray and make yours. Again, there are lots of people who've been doing this for a while. Lots of people say to me, it's like God talks to me every day when I get it. Remarkable, but it's so powerful. 048826392. If you want, you can grab one of these. They're out at the Connect Hub. They'll be able to help you out with that. Take one of those away and do that when you're ready to do that. And you can opt out any time, of course, but it's our joy just to bless you. Amen. That'd be just so exciting. Well, I don't know about you, but I feel ready for a great week. I feel like, uh, for me, tonight has been special. And tonight, for me, has been God saying, I'm just really up for whatever you've got. I think I am anyway. And uh, but whichever whatever comes, Lord, I'm going to trust you and know that you're in control. Lord, if I'm a rock in the bottom of the brook, I'm still going to serve you as a rock. Lord, if I get out of that end of the bag, that's good. If I get into the sling, that's awesome. If I see a giant who use me, well, that'll be my joy and my privilege. But whichever one it is, God, I'm here to allow you to move in my life in Jesus' name. God bless you now.